Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuckstables? What the fuck, Adelets? What the fucking ears? This is Mark Marin. This is WTF. Thank you for listening. Thank you for choosing me. Thank you for choosing life. Not, not that I'm life, but yeah, I am life. I'm alive. But uh, I don't know. I just threw that in. What am I, insecure today? What is this going to be? Am I going to check everything I say out of my head? Let me tell you that I will be in Philadelphia at Helium Comedy Club December 6th through 8th. Looking forward to that. Looking forward to that roast pork sandwich with provolone and broccoli rob at Denix. And I'm looking forward to performing. And I'm going to have some posters there that uh, my buddy Box Brown made specifically for that gig. Yeah, so that'll be fun. I haven't been out in a while. You people in Philly are uh, going to get to the experience, the uh, re-entry, the excited re-entry into the hour and hour plus set. That's always good. Very unpredictable. Todd Salons is on the show. Very interesting guy. I was very nervous about the interview because he's sort of a lofty dude, intellectual sort, and uh, not the most accessible person in the world. But I got the opportunity. Uh, he did show up a bit late, and then he had to go uh, be at a screening of a film of his. So uh, it's not epic, but it uh, it was a good conversation. Uh, if you don't know, Todd Solans is the uh, director of many dark, disturbing, sometimes funny, always uh, provocative movies. Um, uh, the, the movies you probably do, do know are Welcome to the Dollhouse or, or Happiness or um, Storytelling, Palindromes, Life During Wartime, uh, his new film Dark Horse. Uh, he's a very he's a challenging dude, a challenging art challenging guy to talk to but uh, I'm a huge fan uh, happiness to me uh, is a small masterpiece and I'm excited to talk to him what does it all mean people it is uh, maybe that's where I'm at maybe that's where I'm at my uh, girlfriend Jessica is inside uh, concocting a turmeric mask for her face I spoke to you a bit about the um, the uh, the charcoal mask she put on I had a a, a slight uh, strange uh, blackface issue. Uh, now, I, I guess we're going to go ahead and, and cover all the racial stereotypes. Uh, fortunately, it's not a, a planned uh, bit of uh, Asian menstrualcy. It's just a, a, uh, a new mask. And I'm going to try not to read into it when I walk into the house and uh, she will have a yellow face. Um, this is, this is what you deal with, I guess. This is part of, uh, being in a relationship is, um, you, you know, and, uh, just letting these things happen, uh, without making fun of them much and, uh, whatever makes people comfortable is, is that, is that the way it has to be? If it's not going to hurt you and it, it makes you feel better or it's proactive in some way, knock yourself out, give it, give it, give it a go. This isn't a long journey friends. I, I feel like I'm being not morbid, but a little melancholy lately. I think it has to do with the fact that uh, that my show ended and I was so engaged for a few months every day, writing, shooting, and now now it's just the, now it's back to the garage. 
back to the conversations, which I love having. Uh, but also there's a lot of time in between where I, I, I should be writing. I should be doing a lot of things. Some things just don't fucking change man my behavior my habits around certain things the amount of time i can waste and know that i'm wasting it and as i am wasting it saying why am i doing this and then doing something i i I shouldn't necessarily do to feel better and then that gets thrown on the pile of shit that i don't stop doing you know what it's like when you're home alone in your bathrobe and there's cereal and porn around it's just uh you know you can make a day out of those things but I'm look. Don't don't judge. It's not too crazy. I'm just saying. I'm just feeling a little weird. I, I I told you about the stereo equipment I got. So of course I've been cataloging all my records, going through every record, cleaning them, uh, putting them in better uh, whole, uh, better sleeves uh, that I have ordered, and uh, deciding which ones I'm keeping, which ones I'm not. I was going to get rid of like 50 records. Some of them are too crackly. Some of them, I don't know where the fuck they came from. I think I have records that were my college girlfriends. Uh, I think they were hers. And is it weird? Do I return them? Maybe that would be a good episode. Hey, I've got your David Bowie Scary Monsters. I I don't know if you need it or if you have a record player or, oh, are these your children? Oh, uh, maybe that would be something I should do. Maybe I should do a show where I return my records, return my uh, college girlfriend's records to her. I have weird records, man. And I don't even have that many. I've got like three, 300 records maybe, maybe 400, including the um, the comedy records, all the collection of comedy albums, which I haven't cleaned and cataloged yet. But I'll tell you, man, cataloging and cleaning albums one by one, I'm already sick of them. These were records that obviously I got sick of at some other point in time, and now they're the same records, and I'm sick of them now. After listening to everyone for crackles and snaps, a couple of them are great, obviously. What I'm saying to you is no matter what you buy or what you engage in, you're still going to end up uh, just sitting there doing that. You'll clean that last record and be like, well, what did I just do? How long is life? Why do I even care about this stuff? Why do I have all these books in my garage? I need to have a garage sale, folks. I brought a box of records over to Permanent Records up here in Highland Park or Eagle Rock, and they didn't want some of them, understandably so. I don't know where the uh, Leon Redbone album came from. I think someone sent it to me because of my facial configuration of hair. And I do want to thank you guys for sending me vinyl and stuff. That's very cool. A lot of people who uh, listen to the show or who are in the record biz or the independent record biz are sending me vinyl, and I'm now getting to listen to it. I don't know exactly who sent everything. It gets a little chaotic over here, and I'm not sure where things come from, but I'll certainly talk about it if I, uh, if I find one that kicks my ass. Uh, but I'm just getting into that. So if you've sent me albums or, or CDs and stuff, I, I'm just now finding the time to, to listen to those, and I appreciate it. I like looking at records. I like having records. I like listening to records. But sadly, I think I like looking at all of my records more than I like listening to all of them. It's the same with the books, and we've covered this before. I'm not going to get into it. I am going to walk into the house to a girlfriend who's got yellow face. Not black face, yellow face. But speaking of black... The deaf black cat is out there. Why the hell does Boomer disappear? He doesn't come home, yet this deaf black cat who cannot hear, and you can walk right up to it when it sees you, it freaks out, but that cat's been out there for, you know, he's been coming around here for a year, deaf, and he's out in the wild, and he manages. Boomer, gone. It's fucking horrible. My girlfriend can't even smoke on the back deck anymore because she used to sit there with Boomer, and now she can't even go out there. There's sadness that's pervasive. I don't know when that passes. I guess grief is grief. 
I did manage to create a Boomer Lives t-shirt, which is available at WTFPod.com in the name of Boomer, in the name of all that is good, in the name of the Boomer Buddha. Uh, you can grab a Boomer Lives t-shirt, American Apparel, a few different colors. I'm going to put a, a dollar from each sale towards uh, some animal-oriented charity that I have not chosen yet. But that uh, that's going to happen. So that's special. And it's a very specific shirt. It's one you'll have to explain. It's one that you can wear proudly as a WTF fan. Oh, no. Why am I freaking out? Come on. Let's get down to it. Let's figure it out. Oh, could it be that I'm going to see my mother this week? Could it be that I'm going to Thanksgiving dinner down there? Could it be that I'm a few pounds heavier than I'd like to be? And I know on some level, deep ingrained inside of me, my mother will not love me if I'm fat the regression has begun. I don't know about you guys, but uh, I think something clicks inside of me about a week or two before I have to visit my mother where I, I think I slowly start regressing. So I'm figuring by the time I get there on Tuesday, I should probably be about 14 years old. And then by Thanksgiving, I should be 10, which is about the age you become when you go to your family's house. 10, that's where they get you. So looking forward to that, being a fucking baby. And also, I've got this weird fear lately. I, I got to share this fear with you because, I look, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about death because I do things like catalog my records and eat ice cream. And, uh, but I, have, I haven't been doing as much comedy as I'm used to. I'm just getting back into the swing of it. And now my brain is, is spreading. Now I feel the nag of emptiness pulling at my heart. I feel that part of my brain that there's a, a grayness, a sort of uh, not a, a, not a, 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 not a melancholy, but sort of like this something. Uh, it's a tone that starts to pervade. It's a, a sort of like, is this it tone? Is it all? Is this all of it is starting to take hold down, oozing up, creeping out of my reptile brain into the thinking part. But I've had these weird fears lately, and, I, and I, what I wanted to say is I don't really think about my mortality that much. Uh, occasionally when I don't feel well, I think, well, this is it. This has got to be something. I'm at that age. Had heartburn the other night. Thought I was going to have, I thought I was having a heart attack. Could happen. But I don't, I don't, uh, I don't morbidly obsess on dying, and, and hence lately I've had these new fears where I think something is just going to crush me. Uh, sometimes it's space debris. I've had that uh, laying in bed thinking a piece of a satellite is going to come crashing onto my house. Uh, trucks. I have the fear of a truck just coming. R right now, I feel like a renegade truck could just come plowing into the garage. A tree will fall on it. Uh, somebody will hit me with a hammer. Uh, somebody will just walk up to me and, and crush me. That would have to be a large person. But I am thinking that this is because I don't, ruminate on death i'm thinking it's sort of squeaking out in these little scenarios that happen spontaneously in my mind but though it was pointed out to me that might just be anxiety and uh, dread which would be common for me i'm sorry thanksgiving's coming up but this is the pre-thanksgiving show this is the pre-thanksgiving tone man what is wrong with my brain chemis my brain chemis are not on my side today it happens. I will say this. I'm wearing Ugg slippers. 
that are all fuzzy inside, and that's working a little bit. Sitting here in a flannel robe, Ugg slippers, in my boxers. That's how I'm living right now as I talk to you. I wasn't wearing that when I talked to Todd Salon, so let's uh, let's let's go to that now. Okay, do you hear me? I do hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how you're going to talk? I maybe it'll change over time. I, I, it'll only get weaker. I'm afraid. Well, uh, Todd Solons. That's how I say it, right? Solons. Solons. You do. You speak with a. A slight accent. Is that, uh, what is that? Um, well, when people say you have a strange accent, uh-huh. what I always assume is they just mean I have a Jewish accent, <laughs> is what they really are saying. But um, I, I don't, not that I see myself as having a particularly Jewish, I don't know. I really don't know. This well, is the way I talk. My family is, uh, I'm Jewish. I'm from Jersey. My family, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they come from, uh, my grandfather was from Elizabeth. Mm. You're from around there, right? Well, yeah, actually, my my father he, he uh, and grandfather, they, they had a, a lumber yard in um, Elizabeth Linden uh-huh. area, something around Yeah, both there. of my, my uh, yeah, my both of my grandparents are, are buried in uh, Linden. Oh yeah, like right ba- right behind the Budweiser factory, I think okay. there's a, a little Jewish cemetery there. I I I didn't grow up in that area, which is uh, has changed over the years. I I grew up in uh, Livingston, which is a a, a suburb uh, near the oranges. Yeah, uh, it's it's a uh, a little bit. Um, uh, I think those Jews who had uh, fled Newark um, <laughs> after flee after fleeing Eastern Europe yes, to Newark, yes. Then the the once they got a little money, they fled Newark. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, we're, even without money, once the blacks came in, they fled. That was yes, it. Yes, yes. Time to go. That's right. So you didn't. Uh, so you you didn't have family in Newark. You know, you the whole family moved to uh, Livingston. I was technically I was born in Newark, but I I grew up in 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 uh, Lily White Livingston. And know. in your childhood, were you uh, were you brought up uh, religious? No, um, I no not notwithstanding, uh, I was sent to a, an Orthodox yeshiva as a little boy. Um, tzitzis and, yeah, and so thing. forth in Elizabeth, right? In fact, is right. where the yeshiva was. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think because of my grandfather, and then uh, I got uh, too religious for them. So you know, because you take it like a sponge at that age, uh-huh. and and uh, they put me into public school, and you actually became too religious. From my family, yeah. I just, uh, my mom would, you should wear different color, nice, I have nice. I said, no, black, only black. Yes. <laughs> you were the, you're like the little rabbi? Did yeah, you, well. Did you have payas in the whole business? No, I, 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 I didn't get that far. It was a, it was an Orthodox, but not Hasidic. Right. My family uh, was, uh, had to, had to. Uh, Step in. Inter- yes. Intervene. Inter- yes, it was an intervention. <laughs> so, uh. So, if, so given that, I mean, when you look back on that, you know, given your your work up to date and as as an artist, do you do you uh, wonder why you were so committed? What what about was it just the outfits? Was it the well? I you know I think actually while I went to and when I think back now, um, when I was in uh, yeshiva, uh, I I I was. Uh, 
in certain sense, not so uh, accepted or seen as a bit of a rebel because my family wasn't religious and we would sometimes go out to Howard Johnson's and have the fried shrimp special. <laughs> and and when I mentioned that to the rabbi, yeah. uh, he was yeah. not amused or pleased. And, and so I, I was a little bit stigmatized for taking, for telling everyone how wonderful Howard Johnson's was. Uh-huh. Um, but as soon as I left the yeshiva and went to public school, I never would eat the shrimp special again. So I found myself as a, a kind of personality that always had to be in a space, place of contention. Um, if, if everyone was saying, no, you can't eat shrimp, that's when I ate the shrimp. But ever since, I would never eat shrimp. So it, it, it even now when there's no pressure to not eat shrimp, you, you uh, there won't is do no it. no there's there, well there there is no pressure to um well today there's no pressure to eat or not eat but um <laughs> uh, it it's uh, all these strange rules and I there were so many I mean I learned all about what was kosher you know all uh-huh. the finer distinctions and yeah. so forth very early on. So let's talk and, about that uh, contention I, because I experienced that. I mean, do you? Because uh, a lot of your movies, uh, you know, most of them I have seen, happiness had the most profound effect on me. And Welcome to the Dollhouse, I, I loved, but you know, compared to happiness, uh, that was that was almost a sweet movie. Right. Do right. you see that? Well, I'm not. I, I you know, I, I don't characterize. Uh, you know, I look at my work as now I'm going to do something sweet and now I'm going to do something dark. It it just happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you 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 have a story you want to tell and and you you bring your sensibility uh, to, to to into play and and uh, and you see what uh, how people respond. You know, even with this movie right now, uh, there on the poster there there's a blurb from one critic. It's so brilliantly cruel acid and another critic says so tender so gentle and warm-hearted well i mean who is right i i i don't quarrel with these people if you have your feelings uh and if you feel a certain way there's nothing to quarrel about that's that's uh, that's just a given um but i i i'm always uh uh, I'm used to the kind of ambivalent response that all my movies get, um, uh, even if there is no controversial subjects matter or taboo that's in play. Um, it's I think it's uh, the movies are fraught with a certain ambiguity that I, I think uh, uh, makes uh, it, it difficult for people to know exactly how to respond. Uh, should I laugh? Should I not laugh? Um, it, it is, it, it, this is sad, but uh, but I'm laughing. And <laughs> what is the nature of that laughter? Because that laughter is not this monolithic force. I, right. I do think that they're, they're all different kinds of laughter. Oh, I, 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 and, I, I agree. And, and even you, as I'm as sure as a comedian, would, would uh, can appreciate that there's some, just because you get the laugh or a laugh doesn't mean it's the laugh that you want. Well, there, I, there's a few. There's the, the, there's the laugh from surprise and shock, the discomfort laugh. And then there's uh, the laugh that I enjoy, which is the laugh that could be crying. And then there's just the surface kind of like that silly laugh. Yeah, and I mean, and there's also the laugh of, you know, you go to a movie and and people sometimes maybe they laugh to let you know that they get the joke in French because right. they understand the French, right. you know, and it's not translated in the subtitles. So, you know, there are all kinds of, of laughter. And, and, I, and I think in the same way that movies can be characterized as honest or, or deceptive, um, audiences themselves can be honest or not honest in their response. 
responses to the film, the context in which one experiences a film has a tremendous power in in terms of the way that one experiences and responds to it. You mean in sense of like whether they watch it with a large audience or whether they watch it at home? Uh, a number of factors. Uh, for example, I I'd always feel that you know if you go to a movie alone, you're having the most genuine experience with the film. Uh-huh. Um, uh, it's it's unmitigated. Uh, it's it's uh, uncompromised by how other people might respond. Uh, 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 I'm not talking about the, the the audience at large, but if you go with uh, a date or if you go with uh, a group of friends, there's an, 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 an inherently a, a kind of pressure to uh, to respond in some way, either to find a common denominator or to rough out to smooth out the edges of uh, so that there's a kind of compatibility or. Con, uh, you could argue that if depending on the relationship within the group, you whatever they say, maybe you have to be uh, in 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 contrast and contention with. So it's not it's more about the the dynamic of the group experience rather than the immediate engagement with a film. Well, what do you think shaped your 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 point of view? I mean, what did you you uh, where did you go to college? Yale. And what did you study there? I was an English major. So that that uh, yeah, I was an English major. I'm not comparing myself to you, but that was in film but like when you look back on what like as an english major you know what what poetry did you gravitate towards what was your focus i never really liked poetry um i mean i never really understood poetry um i i mean some poetry yes i i i could respond to but i did um I, it was all just very intellectual. My response to th- when they would give me Wordsworth and Keats and so forth, right. it wasn't uh, the kinds of uh, d- 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 immediate visceral response. Well, what hit you have. in the gut like that? Poetry wise, no, no, just any literature. I mean, what were you, what was the the cathartic moment or a series of moments that led you to sort of tell the stories that you tell? Uh, you know, I don't think that they come uh, from. Uh, literature or film uh, or any of the arts, to tell you the truth, I feel it's it's from having lived a life. Um, uh, the, the the all of the movies and and books and, uh, that I've read and so forth shape and 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 instructs me uh, in terms of how to shape and 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 the ways in which uh, audiences can be manipulated or uh, the the effects that uh, of strategies of telling a story. Yeah. But the actual what is it that shapes one? Um, uh, look, uh, if you want, what was my most powerful first movie experience was Sound of Music. I mean, and 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 I loved that film. I was five years old, and 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 uh, tormented my siblings with the music and so forth. But uh, how about your first but, personal experience? That sort of like, I mean, because when I watch your movies, you know, I'm a fairly. Uh, you know, sensitive, you know, dark-minded guy. So, like, I see happiness as sort of a celebration of life in some bizarre way. And I, and mm-hmm. it, but it makes me feel a certain feeling. There's there the characters. You know, many of them are isolated. They're emotionally pained. They're struggling with their own desires. They're they're up against situations that they can't get out of and they can't stop. And uh, you know, may or may not be killing them. Some of them are are, are sort of transgressing uh, in sexual ways that. Uh, that you actually start to sympathize for, even though they're horrible. I mean, I, I maybe I'm, I'm projecting, but I, I have to assume that at some point you started to look at life as as something uh, you know other than you know just the surface. Yeah, well, I, I was um, 
I was always a good boy. I never got in trouble. I never did anything really uh, transgressive growing up. Um, and uh, I guess it took me a long time to start growing up and finding myself as as a as as a person as a, as a, as a filmmaker um i i made uh, movies i really came to it on in in my mid 30s um uh and uh uh it it it, it uh uh, you know, if when I go to the movies, I suppose when I laugh or if I'm moved, it, it, the message that I always respond to ultimately in any movie is always "You are not alone," and and I think that uh, that's the hope that I have for my own work that it, that people can connect to the kinds of struggles and plights that uh, I my characters are are. Um, afflicted with, um, uh, because uh, it's 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 not so much the affliction; it's about the struggle. You know, how do you? We're all dealt a, a different hand, so to speak. It's a, how do you play it? Um, how how do you escape uh, the solipsism or the the narcissism or it's or, or or whatever pathology you're afflicted with? And how do you uh, function and find find a life for yourself, a connection with 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 others? Um, Did you feel isolated as a kid? Do you have siblings? Did, were you sort of an odd kid, or you, you, you know what I mean? Did Did you get along with your parents? Um, my I think my childhood was is fairly unremarkable. Actually, really? I, I have I have three siblings, uh, two brothers and a sister. Um, and uh, the parents were not divorced. Um, and. Uh, uh, my dad worked. My mom was a stay-at-home. I when I, yeah. I mean uh, homemaker and and, yeah. and so forth. Um, uh, and um, was I odd? I you know you have to ask others you know it's sort of like you know when when someone uh, uh goes and on a rampage and starts killing you know in the movie theater well I always thought he was a little odd you know or, or I always he always seemed so regular he seemed like a nice person I had no idea you know um I it, it's hard for it, it it's hard to to uh be really accurate uh uh, I, I I would say that um, in high school were you uh, you know did, were you where did you fall we're about the same age would you were you considered a nerd were you considered a wallflower were you considered uh, you know, a jock <laughs> no I wasn't any of those I was deeply isolated though I feel I mean I had a, a, a one close friends and a and, and the, one and a half, I'd say, friends yeah, right. that I, I was, uh, and there were some others I was friendly with, but I was definitely marginalized in, yeah. in high school. I, I went at that point, I, I went to four different schools growing up, and, and I ended up going to a prep school. Um, it, it was, um, uh, it, 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 it was Orwellian, you know, in, in, in the sense the kind of school that Orwell himself went to in, 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 in his, oh, up in uh, New England. No, no, Orwell went to school in England yeah. and and had a nightmare experience right. in his boarding school. Okay. Mine was not a boarding school, but it was based on that that that, that template, let's say, yeah. of that structure of the English kind of tradition. Um, and when I first went, my first three years, it was boys only, and then it went co-ed for high school. Um, while I was there, um, and uh, uh, it was uh, I, I was there were a couple other Jews in the school. It was um, uh, a uh, it it was um, and but they were Jews who I went to 
country clubs, and I'd sure. never. They played tennis, and right. they, they was like in that garden of Finzi Contini sort of kind of Jew, the upper middle class country uh, yeah, club Jew. Yeah, I, I which <laughs> I hadn't been exposed to, and for my family, when I uh, applied and was accepted to this school, it was a very big deal. Um, and there, because my family, on the one hand, w- was was very always very Zionist, always very pro Israel, very the Holocaust was an omnipresent factor. My mom came during the war to this country, and 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 and, and so it was very much shaped with uh, uh, the the sense of the Holocaust preceding my existence. Did you have um, uh, relatives that and, died in the Holocaust? Yeah, but I mean. I guess I never met any of them. So. Right, but there, but there were um, was there firsthand stories from your mother that? Uh, yeah. uh, no, I that I I I can't say my my mom escaped, so yeah. she she you know she, everything is hearsay, you yeah. know. At the same time that they had this attachment to being Jews, right? Um, they also had a certain kind of um, assimilationist um, yeah. you know, uh, uh, impulse. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 idea of not consciously, but on on some level wanted. To dejudify, to be able to associate and climb the to, social ladder of yes, to pass, or to, if not to pass, to certainly socialize in the upper uh, uh, yeah. tiers of, of 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 society. Wasp culture, yeah, and so to be accepted in that yeah. uh, kind of a school was a big deal for them. Um, uh, but uh, now it was inevitable that. Uh, um, I would have a rough time, not because I was Jewish, uh, but um, I, I was, you know, I, I was, uh, I was definitely an artistically inclined kinds of kid. I've been writing really since I'm reading. I, I, I had, I had a, worked on a, a kind of novel for three years in and, high school. No, in, in elementary yeah. school, and so I mean, I was, it was very, you know, that kind of that kind of kid that. Uh, uh, would never be accepted at a, in, in socially in a place like Pingree. So were you bullied? Um, by certain kids, yes. Um, I always had, fortunately, was a was fast, so <laughs> I never actually got beaten up. Um, but but certainly, I, I was bullied. Um, it was not a good school, and and one of the, the what was not good, and the message I got from it, and I felt very passionately about this, was that because my older siblings went to public school, um, I was they by the time I came along, my parents could afford to send me to private school, with, and they thought I was special, let's say, and um, and. Um, I, uh, I, what I came away with was, uh, and what I felt while I was there was that the school was not a good school. Um, the distinction between this school and public school was that was just income. Uh, that the, the the children uh, came from very wealthy families, um, uh, whereas in public school they uniformly did not. It also facilitates a certain uh, class uh, structure and and enables you know, richer kids to get into certain schools, and it probably helped them along those lines. Yeah, of course, of course. So, and I I didn't want to, I I I I never want. Well, I I remember making this. Uh, uh, fatal mistake early on when I first went to school and when they asked, does anyone play a musical instrument? And I raised my hands and I learned that was the worst thing to do was to confess that you played the piano (laughs) because that was, of course, total sissy fag and so forth kind of thing. Um, And uh, but I was my for most of uh, my adolescence, I was very so serious about music. I wanted to be a musician. 
Um, I, I just didn't have the talent. Um, well, that's a hard realization to have. Um, it, it, you know, I, it, for a while you, 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 it, you are fiercely ambitious and, and think you can, because you're good at school, you right. can top, you can make anything work. But yeah. at a certain point, you realize people who don't have much going on in their head, but they can just play the piano without right. studying anything. It's like hopeless. Yeah. It's just, it's like black and white. Can't he manufacture has talent. the gift. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I didn't have it. Um, but it's also a, a good lesson, a life lesson as well, because uh, and with film as well, there is no correlation between how hard you work on a project and the ultimate success of the film. Um, that it's it's a it's an unknowable uh, kind of alchemy that makes some film come together and speak to audiences or not. That said, I'm very happy that I've had this quasi career. You know, I'm getting to make these movies, um, even if uh, uh, each movie makes about half as much as its predecessor. Uh, so that my my my. Uh, Income, my, my box office, it's highly just is, is really down. It's about as low as it can get. But when you come out to Hollywood, I mean, when you come out here to LA, you're here for a screening of Dark Horse, right? Yeah. And you're going to introduce it? Yeah. I wish, I wish I could be there. But, but going back to Welcome to the Dollhouse, I mean, this came out sort of at, at, at a time where independent film was, was, you know, uh, the thing it was before it sort of blew up and became its own industry. And it received a sort of uh, the type of accolades that it wrote an edge that it seemed that that people could accept and in, in terms of i have to assume that when you say your box office is diminished a bit that that was your most accessible film uh of your career uh, apparently um or but it's also true that there are fewer people uh to support these kinds of films the audience has the audience has shrunken but how do you feel about it i mean do you look at it that way do you look at all of them on the same playing field or do you do you look at that you know because there was some broader you know characters it seemed like the comedy was was a little different that you weren't exploring as as deeply as you did you know issues of of you know adolescent discomfort uh, you know you know sexual abuse uh, you know and, and that type of stuff um did you find that after you made that movie that you were surprised and then when you realized the success of it you're like why well, i have to go deeper was there well i think what was really what happened was um after you know i had i had and uh, pursued many endeavors uh uh, like and, what? And well, I, I I was a failed musician when I was in college. I wrote many many plays, all remarkably just uh, dreadful and and unmercifully unproduced. And 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 uh, when success finally came, you know, I was already mid thirties, and and so my life had been shaped by failure. And 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 so when success comes, you. Your 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 personality, your character doesn't suddenly change overnight. You sure. know, um, you may have success, but you're you're still sh shaped by failure, and 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 so you you appreciate success that much more. I can say that um, uh, success is preferable to failure. Um, that uh, I learn more from success than I do from failure. But let me ask you this: in in terms of like you know talking about 
the the sort of uh, the drive shaft that you have that 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 is contentious. Do you feel that like that after the success you were yeah. you were defying people to like you? Well, yeah, I I think it, <laughs> at, on some level it didn't I didn't feel so comfortable and 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 I didn't fully believe um, uh, in the success or yeah. popularity of the film. And so I wrote Happiness in some sense uh, to see uh, would any door, since every door had been open to me, would any door remain open after writing it? How about um, now? Well, I, I, yeah, it was a kind of like a test. Is anyone still standing? And 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 because I did want to take advantage of the success of that film and try and do something that I could never do um, otherwise. Was that, was that something you had planned? I mean, when, when you made Welcome to the Dollhouse, did you have rough drafts for you know, oh, these stories? No, no. I, I was I, when I made Welcome to the Dollhouse. I was just hoping I could maybe have a, a modest career doing after-school specials. I didn't know that I would that it would become what it became. I really I I I, I, I didn't I didn't even have that uh, ambition. I really didn't. I, so you were surprised. I was very very. I was kind of shocked actually. When you wrote I, plays, uh, you know what? Do you find that these themes that you 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 are, are you know relatively obsessed with were, were they in your plays as well? Would you like to produce the plays that you wrote? No, they were terrible. I, I mean... <laughs> like, what were they you about? Just, just an a, a ill-formed, mutant kind of... Uh, uh, juvenile juvenilia, you yeah, know, yeah, it yeah. just it just was uh, it was just immature, uh-huh. um, and uh, you know, I could have at that moment after Dollhouse, yeah. I could have, of course, taken advantage of that moment and made something that would have been profitable, that a, a commercial film. I you mean, knew that then. I knew that I had all those doors were open to me, but I, you know, I'm just, I just life is shorts and i i felt i had had terrible failures and i'd i'd made it uh, i i had made a film which was a horrible film ill-conceived ill-begotten and 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 i and i and i i i didn't want to have the kind of one for me one for them career that some directors opt for i want everything for me um, because it's so uh, it's such a nightmare to make a film. It's so hard. If I'm going to collapse and uh, on the set of a film, uh, I, I'd, and, and and that be my obituary, I'd, I'd like it to be something that mattered to me. So, in in terms of like in thinking about death like that, and in thinking about life being short, your point of view, your your sense is that well, I should leave something that that I I can be proud of and that represented me completely and took the chances I wanted to take. This is this is what I have. Yeah, I mean, I. It's not that I. I. It's not you know. I don't even think in terms of I want this to represent me. It's just it's there are stories that I want to tell. There are things that interest me about these this world, these worlds that I put together. Um, that that really compels me and it excites me, and that's what I want to spend my time with. Did you take cues from any, you know, filmmakers? I mean, was there, you know, once you became a, a filmmaker and once you started, you know, putting together your first short films and films, were, were there were there filmmakers that you thought were really pushing the envelope and, and, and left and, and gave a, you a sort of creative door? See, that's the thing is that I my ambition never had been to push the envelope. That's the irony. It really, it wasn't. I didn't um, consciously say, oh, this is going to... Um, uh, uh, you know, I knew I I wanted. It, 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 while it's true that after Dollhouse, I wanted to do something that I knew I couldn't, 
easily do without having a, a, a success at the box office. Um, it wasn't. Um, it it wasn't quite uh, setting out to 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 shock at the same time. It was that I knew that there was there were subjects or things that I wanted to to explore and to to play with to. To, to to grapple with, but they were loaded. I mean, that you knew yeah. that there was a lot of juice there. Well, I, there, yeah, that's true. But um, you know, that's what was in my head. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to write. That's what, and I. So I just wrote that. Um, I didn't think. I never have thought about you know what's good for my career. Obviously, because if I had, I'd have be making different movies. It's very interesting. Like when when you know the the moment in happiness. You know, given everything that happiness had, you, you know, with Philip Seymour Hoffman, and then the the kid, you know, who almost seemed to me to be a a, a, a younger version of Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like for some reason, I kept connecting those two. That you know, the, that this kid was heading towards something like that. But the one scene that I always remember is you know, towards the end of the film. It might even be the very end of the film. Is Ben Gazzara aggressively salting his food? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's yeah. it's just you know that 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 moment where you realize that you know that's. That that was you know so loaded in that you know it might kill him, uh, right. it might take a while, but right. certainly given the life he was living in that movie, you know yeah. he let him salt his food. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he he was focused there. Um, <laughs> How did you um, direct that? Did you say you, you know this is? It, what I, ben was very easy to direct. I mean, he he was like a two take guy. One, two, we're done. Let's move on. The difficulty was Louise Lasser is not a two-take kind of actress, and, and I love Louise, but it was difficult managing someone like Louise, who has her own sense of space and time, and, and Ben Gazar, who's much more kind of, uh, let's say, practical. And, and also he's worked with improvisational directors. He's worked yeah. with the uh, you know, Cassavetes and, yeah. and whatnot. Were you a Cassavetes guy? Um, I, of course I saw those movies, but no, that's, no, I came more, I think the first movie, uh, that the first movie I would say that, um, made me think maybe I can be a filmmaker was actually the short films that I saw of George Kuchar, a filmmaker who died last September. He had a brother too, right? Yes, the Kuchar brothers. And, and, and they were very inspiring to me when I saw their films in college. And there's a direct line, I think, from George Kuchar to Andy Warhol, Paul Morrissey, John Waters, and so forth, um, that I... I now the, the irony here is that I looked at them as people like, I can't make a career like that. That's... I, I have a very conventional bourgeois kind of personality. I, 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 I don't... Uh, someone like John Sayles... He was like, that's what I wanted to have a career like him. That was the creative model. You couldn't be, you couldn't set up, uh, you know, a, a complete factory right. image. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I would never, I mean, I was never a cool kid. I yeah. would never have been accepted at the, at the factory, you know. I Maybe just, you would. I, no, I would not have been. Uh, <laughs> not only after the facts, okay. let's say. Not at the beginning. No, no. <laughs> I was, I was never cool or hip in, in, in any way. I, I was always somewhat of uh, I was a little bit solitary. Um, so you knew in, on some level that the the domain of of film you were going to make was 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 an art film. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's this, that's another. It's a bit of a paradox. I don't know. I I thought I actually thought I I that these movies, at, uh, uh, you know, when I and even when I can make movies, even this most recent one. 
I, I, my hope is lots. It'll be a mainstream movie. Everyone will like, that's the dream. They'll look at this. And then afterwards I say, oh, I see why it's not quite so mainstream. <laughs> but I always have the fantasy of, my fantasy isn't to try and be, you know, do an art house Andy Warhol movie. No, it's to do something that actually will speak to a large audience. But it never is a large audience. I've never had one. When you talk about John Waters, because it seems to me that, that, that the difference in my mind between the people that you're talking about, you know, and I can see the 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 lineage there, is that not that they were necessarily. I think they were very sympathetic to to the characters they were putting in in their films, but they were also using you know people that brought a lot of character to the thing. Whereas you're using real actors, and it seems that you empathize and and create uh, you know fairly shocking situations, but they are played out. Uh, you know, with a range of human emotions, and not just as caricatures or as, as exactly. experiments. Exactly. You know, there's 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 a kind of mixture of of uh, uh, attitude, I suppose, uh, that that may make it my movies a little bit less accessible than than I wish they were, perhaps. But. Um, uh, on the one hand, I you know I I'll go and see Andy Warhol's Bad, and mm -hmm. I would laugh, you yeah. know, and and um and yet I I have uh, very conventional taste at the same time of Hollywood films, you know, yeah, uh, The Sound of Music, as I referenced, and when I when I mention that, it's it's in fact when I made Palindromes many years later, I have a, a family of of singers, the, the the Sunshine Singers, and I don't think they would have come into existence were I not thinking of the Von Trapps. But did did anyone make that connection other than you? I don't know. I I definitely recognized it. You know, um, I I saw the sound of music in there. I saw the Wizard of Oz in there. I saw there's the Night of the Hunter. But, but, but don't you think that most people were trying to figure out why you kept using different actresses for to play one part? Yeah, it's <laughs> funny because it it seems so simple to me. It didn't seem so complicated. The conceits, you know, that oh, at first maybe at the first the second, and then they get the hang of it. Like you learn to ride a bicycle. But why did you do that? I'm sure you've been asked that question many times before. So now. Now you have you you have a story that deals with uh, with uh, I, I believe incest and rape and 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 religious fanatics and yeah. uh, abortion and and right. you know the journey of a of an individual and yeah. almost a uh, uh, yeah. you know like a candide like thing yeah but uh, but and you're and then you're switching out actresses throughout the film right and you're saying like I don't understand why they didn't see the sound of music element right well <laughs> that's I, I I I I can only tell you how, where my head is no, when no, I'm know, writing the thing okay. you know obviously I see it afterwards. I see. I see why it's challenging for some audiences. All right, but I don't. You know. But if you look at the the script of the film, it's very linear. No, it's I'm not sure like it it's, is. There are no flash forwards and and elliptical story. It's actually very. I I write in a sense as if I'm 11 years old again. But but you made a choice to switch out the actresses and and, and what 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 and I I I, and I, I like you know I like to play. I like to have fun. I like to try things and. Uh, you know, there were a number of reasons that yeah. I, I I employed this 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 strategy, um, and uh, it 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 was scary because you know this is not the way most people like to go to the movies and 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 see you know to to bring different actors and get it uh, character from different angles. In some sense, seemed like a more universalizing kind of 
uh, in uh, there was a universalizing kind of intent, like it, it, that. This could be you. This could be me. You know, it could be you. Could be fat, thin, black, white, what have you. Oh, I get it. Okay. You know, but you knew on some level it would be challenging to most film audiences. I thought they'd pick up on it. You know, <laughs> quick you, enough. You like ever... a lot of movies. You know, that, that's <laughs> the funny thing is I go to movies a lot of the time. Movies that are pretty mainstream, in fact, and I have to ask my friends if uh, or friends afterwards so many details I didn't understand but just because I don't even understand a lot of details doesn't mean I didn't like the film right um, a lot of times I, I, I may be very confused about a lot of details and still and, and actually love the film it's, it's, it's usually it's when you understand it only too well that it, it's like uh, it, it, there wasn't any sense of surprise or challenge you know I always think that my movies are I guess more mainstream than they end up being well well with happiness I, I mean like you know i can i can understand where you're coming from and i've talked to other people that are, are challenging uh, uh creative minds that believe that and in and, and on some level you have to believe that yeah i mean you are making the movies that you love and 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 they you want them in your mind they should be understood yeah. Well, I mean, there, there's no point in making a movie if it's just some solipsistic, you know, masturbatory exercise. What's the point? You know, you you make a movie because it's it's a it's a project in which you try to communicate meaning or value to an audience, whether it be a small one or a large one. But you're always in the business of communicating. Just as if you paint a painting, what's the point if it's not communicating meaning to to its viewer? Um, so I'd, I I my intent is certainly I I. I I try to make movies that I would like to see, um, that that would move or excite or m- me as as a viewer. I want to be provoked when I go to the movies, I'm provoked and 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 you see the world in a way that you hadn't quite expected or you hadn't quite seen. I mean, movies can articulate things that sometimes are very difficult to articulate, even amongst our intimates. You know, it's a very magical, mysterious kind of experience when when it really works. And that, and like the theme, like the 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 thing that I became sort of fascinated with, you know, certainly in happiness, was the character of the father who was a, a child molester. Right. And this is it. It, it seems to be suggested a, a bit in Dollhouse, and and sort of recurs in in uh, in, in some of the other films. It, what is in your mind outside of you know that it, one of the most challenging things to do for anybody would to make uh, a child molester sympathetic, which I, I think you did on some level in Happiness. But mm. why is is are you hung up on it creatively? Well, hey, you didn't see the last movie, okay? There's, there's <laughs> no, no not, I don't have any child molesters. No, I don't not, have I'm, anything. I'm not I'm hung not, up on these things. But I'll tell you, I, it was I'll in answer, three movies. Tom. Okay, it, it well, if it, it's hard to avoid if you're doing a sequel, how can you avoid one? Well, I'm not, you know? I'm not pointing a finger. I'm just yeah. curious. But but I I, I it, it 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 comes naturally out of the stories that I'm telling or it uh, out of the stories that I told, but. I, the, I think the genesis of the whole uh, pedophile thing, I, I remember, I, I think, thinking, what is, who is that person that who is most ostracized, most uh, reviled, most loathed and feared? And that's the pedophile. Right. Okay. Um, so it works metaphorically, you know, as, as a, a, a conduit of emotionally for me to connect you know, uh, to to that state of mind, and the question and is like to what? How far can an audience extend itself emotionally to 
uh, such a person. Mm -hmm. um, it is a kind of test or a challenge sure. to the audience. It's, yeah. a, it's that engagement with the audience that interests me most of all. Um, Do you sit in audiences while, uh, to see your films? I, I have. Um, not. I, I mean, once it's finished, I, I, I may sit through it a, a couple times. Yeah. You know, for but, but by you know, I, I don't go back to them. Pretty much, you know, you've seen it too many times. Um, uh, it, it's not, it's not so interesting. But I think that it, it comes definitely from me on a, on a personal level. I, I think that that sense of. Uh, not being accepted and 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 having some profound sense of isolation, um, that this was a perfect kind of metaphor. Right. But it's I never really like to use the word sympathetic because I, there's this, I certainly would have no sympathy for someone who would rape my child. Um, but uh, I think the way I like to put it rather is is to recognize that there is still a human being there. Right. Uh, someone with a pulse yeah. and, and a heart beating and, and, and bleeding, as, as is the case at that. Um, and it's, it's, um, uh, it's, it's to, I think that an audience can become richer or bigger as, uh, you know, we can become bigger as human beings to the extent that we can not demonize um, that which we, uh, fear, loathe, despise, because uh, once you start demonizing, then uh, it becomes it, it can become a kind of slippery slope. At what point do you stop demonizing? Because once you do demonize, you start dehumanizing yourself, because it, it's license, of course, to kill. It's license to annihilate. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, and 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 the failure to recognize that the, the what is the capacity. Uh, of of that exists within all of us, uh, as much as there is for cruelty, there is for kindness. Um, is is uh, it's a kind of uh, place that I don't think any of us feel very comfortable acknowledging. You know, you know, you, you we look at the the latest Batman killer, you know, and we all uh, you know want to strangle and kill and hang and and so forth. Um, uh, but it's always, you know, as as the story unfolds, you know, we're going to learn something, uh, whether what kind of mental illness or yeah. conditions and so forth yeah. that shape such a mind to such a sinister, evil deed, um, and and that's what uh, that's what. Um, it, it's it's not that I, I I it's not about sympathizing. I get it. But yeah, it's humanizing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that that you know growing up with the. Uh, the sort of reality of the Holocaust being pounded into your head sort of, you know, informed the the that slippery slope? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't sure. I, I mean it's I, I would hardly, you know, it's it 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 it, it seems a little bit, uh, a little cheesy, even sure, to suggest to, yeah. that is. Uh, well, let's talk about the new movie, you know, because I, I know that uh, you have to get over there to uh, to to show it. Uh, can can you tell me what it's about and how it's different from your other films? I wish I could enter the conversation, uh, having seen it, but I, I didn't. Well, it, it's you know, it's it's uh, for me, it's it's it's. Is it, it like is, the sound of music? Uh, no, it isn't. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of very up sort of jaunty music in the soundtrack. Um, this one, the music, in fact, is actually inspired by American Idol, the, mm -hmm. the sort of pop adolescent kind of soundtrack that, 
you, you might hear certain theme songs that they play when a contestant is eliminated, you know, uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, um, so I, but it's, it's, it's maybe the saddest of my comedies in some way, because it is, uh, you know, it has to do with the passage of youth. Uh, the the uh, this character we have a character who's in his thirties, still living at home, can't leave the bedroom that he grew up in, his junior high school bedroom, and he clings to his youth. And 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 of course, uh, this is a kind of death in life. Um, uh, and uh, it's about it's a, you could look at it as a kind of an alternative to the so-called man-child apato genre. Uh-huh. In alternative in what way? Well, it, it's it's there's it's not very sentimental. Um, <laughs> you mean it's 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 sad as hell. Well, I you know it's 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 not, it's I'm moved by the story. I am. Um, uh, the, there there is a point at which the character talks about how horrible humanity is, and it's very cynical and juvenile, um, and yet. Uh, I the movie I feel serves to undermine ultimately uh, that philosophy that that there that, that there is the possibility of a kind of grace. Um, it's just it, it, it's it in, if your eyes are open, if 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 it, it, it it's there in unexpected and surprising ways. Um, what does it come from? Does it come from self acceptance or self revelation? I well, mean, this it, grace. Uh, well, this you know this this. Uh, I'll, you have to see the movie. Okay, I, okay. I, you know, I, 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 but, but it is, of course, implicit in the film. Always, you know, there's a, a certain kind of social critique or satire, or what have you, about the nature of life as uh, I see it, as I live it, or as I, I see the experience it in this country. And what, what? How do you define satire? Like in in your mind, when you say the comedies, which ones are you? It's horrible to have to ask, but what do you? Which which of your films are they all comedies? Or would oh you yeah. Say? Okay, yeah, everyone. They're all, they're all sad comedies. Because you said the yeah. comedies as if there was one that maybe wasn't a comedy. No, I think they're all comedies. Like they'd be unbearable if they weren't. Um, <laughs> and and uh, but I I would characterize them as sad comedies. What do you characterize satire as? Well, I I think if I had to define it, um, you know, it it, it satire always has a kind of uh, moral underpinning. Uh, and, and, and there's an imperative to to um, point out. Uh, a a uh, a certain flaw in uh, a, a system or in a character, and uh, but to expose expose its corruption, let's say, and uh, uh, but from the vantage point of what is correct, right, morally speaking. Okay. Now, when you come to Hollywood, uh, do you take meetings? Do you do do you do what uh, filmmakers do in Hollywood? Do you go in and uh, meet financers, or do you pitch television shows, or? <laughs> Well, I mean, I come here uh, right now just to uh, uh, do a series of Q and A's uh, to support to promote the sure. film, um, and um, nobody's asked me for a meeting. Um, I have a, a script; uh, it's set in Texas, actually, um, that I'd, I'd like to get financing for. It's always a long shot. I never can presume I will ever make another movie because I've I've lost too much money for too many people. Um, but, um, this one, I, I, you know, I'm figuring out the producer who the producers and then, fig then we'll figure out the actors yeah. and all, but, but, uh, I mean, I wrote it and I find after I finish a movie, um, uh, I, I have to write something, uh, otherwise it, it, doing all this promotion would be just too depressing. Um, uh, you have to have something that you want to do next. Um. 
So uh, we'll see, uh, uh, if God willing, uh, I say this as a devout atheist, um, uh, there will be uh, another movie. Um, uh, it's, it's you know, if, if I were, you know, French, you know, that I, I wouldn't have this problem, I think. There's a system in place to support a filmmaker like yeah. myself. But in this country, it's all marketplace-driven economy for movies. And um, and uh, there, that's why you can probably count on your fingers. I mean, how many filmmakers can really have a career? It's one thing to make a movie independently of the studio system, but to actually have a career making uh, films uh, independently uh, is a very, very rare thing. Uh, so I've been lucky. Just it's really luck, you know, that I've I've been able to uh, make these all these movies and. Um, well, you also have a singular vision that uh, that that is relevant and important, e- even if you don't think your movies draw the amount of attention they should. Um, well, I, I, I they, you mean I'm, I think at this name, I did points. I'm surprised they even put my name. Uh, they write a film mm-hmm. by Todd Solons. I thought I didn't. Re- I thought it was not a good idea because I think my name at this point is poison. Um, <laughs> but, but um, I, I'm glad that there is an audience that it's opens and that it's playing different places and and people get to see it and. Um, uh, so I don't have anything to complain about. I mean, it's playing in Europe and so forth. And uh, do the French like you? Well, it depends on the Frenchman, you know. Ambivalence ambivalence is something that's not peculiar to the United States. Yeah, wherever I go, you know. but, But where people give a shit about movies, do they like it? Some do, some don't. All you right. know, it's okay. just like any place. You yeah. know, I, I, I'm, I'm never going to be universally liked. But uh, I have a weak character. I mean, I wish that I didn't care, but I do. People say that I don't read reviews, but how do you avoid them? They're everywhere. It's like if you read a magazine regularly, how can you avoid? It's like everywhere. Just don't read comment boards. You can read reviews. Uh, oh, but, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I, I'm not as, I'm not quite as plugged into all the internet as, as, uh, as, as the younger generation let's say um but uh, i see uh you know you get i get a sense of the lay of the lands i i understand where, where how people respond to the film and it's it's a strange funny thing um the way in which this movie is very peculiar in fact i think when it first it, dark horse yeah dark horse it when 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 dark horse uh, opened or premiered at, yeah. at venice and toronto last <clears> fall <throat> i think there was a, a very mixed response and but then and I was just dreading the opening of the movie, just like lying, you know, just go ahead, stab me, just do yeah. it. I just, yeah. was just yeah. dreading. But uh-huh. but uh, but then it opened in New York. I got like my, the best reviews I've ever gotten you know, from like, you know, the Times in New York or in New York, like the people who never, you know, liked me. Well, I don't know. You know, it's unpredictable. It just I never know. Well, in, well in, enjoy it. I just want you to know I'm a huge fan. It was, a, it was an honor to talk to you. I'm glad you made the trek up here. Oh, it was a pleasure. I am. I'm glad, and and forgive me for being having been so slow and not remembering. But now I totally uploaded you. It just took yeah. time. It's a buffer. You sure, know, it, it was a long time ago. It was probably 2004. I, okay. I, I think you were probably with uh, on a, you know talking about palindromes. Okay. I imagine, okay. and it was not a long interview. It was very early in the morning. But uh, but this was a much uh, you know longer and and deeper conversation. I appreciate you doing it. My pleasure. All right, that's our show. That is all. That is what I have for you today. Um, be careful. Travel safely. 
enjoy your family as much as you can. I'll talk to you Thursday if you're going to be listening to me Thursday. But I do want to put this out there. There is a lot to be thankful for, even though I was a cranky fuck in the opening. Um, so so enjoy it. Eat some good food. Don't hate yourself until after. Uh, don't get mad at your family. They're just the way they are. That's the way it is. There's no changing that. Maybe you can implement some conditional uh, changes. <laughs> like, I'm not fucking coming back here next year if this shit doesn't stop. But uh, please, please uh, be safe and uh, eat well and enjoy your family. It's a short ride. What else? WTFpod.com for all your WTF pod needs. Uh, yeah, get some merch, kicking a few shekels. The new Boomer Lives t-shirt is available now. One dollar of each sale goes to an animal charity of my choice. Still shopping for one. Boomer does live in my heart and mind. Deaf black cat is out there eating at a Boomer's old bowl. Is there some sort of uh, something to be learned there? Is there a parable? Deaf black cat. Something. Insert haiku here. Uh, Get yourself the app. Just coffee.coop. I have some right here. Pow! I just see uh, Ugh. I didn't even do that right. Let's do it again. Pow! I just shit my soul. Going deeper. All right. That's sad. Don't like this feeling in my chest right now. Should go to the record store. That'll make me feel better, right?